Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? We got a little chill in the air. Um, I, I finally, you know, okay. sorry, because we always, we <laughs> always go back and forth. Listen, we always chill. go back and forth on weather. And so I had to decide, you know, what color shorts would match with my light windbreaker. <laughs> right so, but, it, but it's all good. It's yeah, life's good. so rough. I just got back from uh, Michigan working with a client. They had a little bit of a chill in the air, Larry. I think you would have curled <laughs> up and died. <laughs> amazing. Hey, uh, welcome to the Song from the Heart podcast. And by the way, if you're new, we're glad you're here. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, doing the hard work. We call it Selling from the Heart. Larry, it's been, uh, it's been a fantastic time this week. I, I love the conversations we're driving right now. Um, and I love seeing the growing number of companies, some global companies even, that are looking at the way they're selling and saying, you know what, we've got to bring more authenticity into our client relationships. And if we do, it's going to really help the bottom line. These, this, the emotion right now is so exciting seeing companies and sales leaders and even executives really just coming out of the woodwork saying, yeah, I buy into selling from the heart and what you guys are doing. Yeah. You, uh, there, there's two things I wanted to share before he introduced Rich was um, I had a, actually, as we're recording this, I had a conversation this morning with a sales leader of a technology company in actually in the UK and what was really interesting as the end of their year is not till the end of January, but we, you know, we're starting to talk about doing some planning there. He's actually team reading selling from the heart right now. And, you know, he's one of the managing directors along with, with another gentleman. And he, he basically said, I want to get into the hearts and minds of my salespeople. He goes, I've been removed from sales for a while. Mm. And I really want to make a difference and I want to make a difference in my salespeople's lives, which is just like music to my ears. So I know it's making a difference, but what was really interesting was last Saturday, uh, excuse me, I opened up my email and I saw this message and I just kind of scrolled through because, you know, like all of us, if I don't recognize a, a first time email, I usually just blow right by it sometimes but this one kind of intrigued me. I scrolled all the way to the bottom and it's this gentleman holding up selling from the heart. I go, okay, well, that's kind of cool. And I scrolled back up to the top of the email and it was from one of the largest cities in Pakistan. This guy had wrote a Amazing. whole email. I'm not talking just a little tiny sentence. Yes, I saw it. it I, I, I forwarded it to you. It was probably a good three to four chunks of paragraphs around what selling from the heart meant to him and how he ended it just about made me cry. And I shared it with my wife. He says, from Thousand Oaks, California. So the guy at least did some homework because that's the city that I live in. He goes from Thousand Oaks, California to, I can't even pronounce the name in Pakistan. 
your book has meant something to me. Thank you for writing Selling from the Heart. And I go, I almost, it's like wee hours of the morning on a Saturday. I just started to freaking cry like a little bit. <laughs> I am. But I go, you know what? It's, I've poured my heart into Selling from the Heart. We've poured our heart into this podcast. Yeah. And I'm just glad to see that it's making a difference. It is resonating. And, you know, I think part of the heart behind that is, uh, is really, um, people saying I want to serve. And I think today's guest is going to be a great inspiration and encouragement to, to all of us. So Larry, why don't you introduce our, our guest today and, and let's just dive in. Well, I got to give a little backstory on Rich Cardona because if it wasn't for Scott McGregor and Scott, when you listen to this, I love you like the crazy. ultimate connector. Scott He's McGregor Scott is the ultimate freaking connector because it's led to some pretty cool guests on selling from the heart. So it was, yeah, I actually, Scott calls me one day. He goes, Hey, he goes, you ever heard of this guy named Rich Cardona? I said, no, not really. And he goes, well, I think you should. He goes, class act, dude, you got to get to know this guy. So then, you know, I reach out and we connect based on a mutual friendship with Scott McGregor and Rich is just, if somebody epitomizes selling from the heart, it's Rich Cardona. So that's why I asked him when I started talking, I said, man, we got to get you on the podcast and what better time to get rich on the podcast is as we're recording this, it's just a few days after veterans day. And I know Rich served for 17 years as a Marine for, for the United States. And without further ado, Rich Cardona, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thank you guys for having me so much. Thank you for the introduction. And, you know, I just feel terrible that you're in shorts right now, uh, you know, out in the Arctic freeze of California. Yeah, it's, uh, but, it's, a little, it's a little nippy. It's a little, you know, I, I almost have to put on gloves and, and cover up my ears, but I, I think I'm going to survive. Yeah. But, but uh, in all seriousness, I, I'm, pumped to be on here. I believe in what you're doing. Uh, I believe in the show. Uh, and I, I, it's, it's, it is my desire to just be around other high performers who have core values that I'm aligned with because that makes selling, which <laughs> just easy because as you've put it multiple times, it's about, you know, a relationship funnel, not, not a pipeline. Um, you know, it's, it's, literally about forming relationships with people that you just want to serve. And yeah, uh, Daryl, as you mentioned, I mean, it's about serving for me. It's, it's just, I don't really equate things to selling. I, I equate to serving others, assisting others, providing value and doing it in a way that is always unflinchingly consistent with my core values. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And, and your take on selling from the heart is, is I think really unique. I don't know that we've ever heard it expressed this way before, but just, surrounding yourself with people who have the same values that you do and aligning those values. Um, it does make selling easy. And, and you know, it, it was interesting because I was working with um, a client this week and um, you know, we, before we went in there, we shared our values, they shared their values. I knew walking in that it was going to be a good experience. And, you know, and I knew walk, I walked out, we walked out with the commitment, right. The order and, and, um, and, and, and during the workshop time we spent together, we had a blast because yep. it was shared values as opposed to, you know, trying to sell into somewhere where there's just no alignment between who you are, who your company is, who they are, who their company is. Um, you know, it, it this values thing is, is really, really, um, I think a, a critical part in terms of figuring out uh, how to sell from the heart. And I love it. 
I, I mean, and I just want to add something to that. Is that not the litmus test now? If I enjoy being around you, if I enjoy being around Larry, if I enjoy being around Scott McGregor, how much easier does that make it make it for me to want to just over deliver in astronomical capacities? Because mm-hmm. without the business, I still want to know you. Yeah. And, and that's like my, that is my take on it. And, and I seek that out, um, you know, ferociously and it has led me to just over delivering for my clients on just scales. I wasn't even sure I could do. Uh, and, 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 and with that, they're, they're referring me left and right, left and right because of that. So, you, you know, and, and it's interesting that you say that because I always, if I look back on my sales career and Daryl looks back on his, you look back on your career, Rich, I can almost guarantee if we look back on some of the best relationships, if we look back on some of the best sales we've ever made, there's some alignment there. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's really interesting is, and I'm just going to throw it out there. I think people are sick and tired of being sick and tired <laughs> of what's going on inside the sales world. And that's why Daryl and I are waving the flag on this is, you know, the days of manipulative, pushy salespeople, all about me, the products, the solutions, quite frankly, I'm scared that it still exists, but it does, yep. is there's something magical happens. And I remember talking to, oh, James Muir was on our podcast, and this goes back about a year or so ago. And he said, you know, because he's he wrote a great book, you know, The Perfect Close, and he says, something just happens. It's hard to describe, but something just happens when you just have a normal conversation it's just a natural transition that you get to that point where you agree to do business together. And that's why I think selling from the heart, the foundations around being heartfelt, being genuine, people smell that almost immediately. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to describe. Would y'all agree? I completely agree. Um, it's, there's a very uh, legitimate kind of sniff test that we all put uh, people through when we are having our first interaction, whether or not we know it's purposely uh, them looking for a solution to our business problems uh, mm-hmm. or whether it's just a, a, a regular conversation that you later on discover has been a sales uh, call or a sales meeting the whole time. Um, if, if we don't focus on any of those things explicitly, I think it, it, it just, reduces the defenses that we could erect throughout a conversation. And instead it just leads to two people discovering each other. And you know what? That sounds so fluffy to people. Okay. Like that sounds like so fluffy, but you know what? The stuff is in the fluff. You know, if I don't get to know you, Larry, (laughs) (laughs) Hey Cardona, I'm going to quote that one. Stuff is is in the fluff. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, highlight underline. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but Larry, if, if, you know, Scott, we met through Scott McGregor, right. But we had a conversation that I think, the, the couple times we talked before we even discussed the podcast, I think it could have went on for a couple hours. We had to cut each other off, like, uh, you know, dinner time or kids are coming home, whatever it may be. That's when you know something special is happening. And that's when you know uh, that you're just generally already aligned and that I would love to offer to help you in this capacity if you let me. And I have a feeling that you would be offered, uh, you would be happy to receive that value and vice versa. So, so that's where I'm at uh, to answer your question. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's the same for both of you. You know, it's so interesting because I've been having the, doing uh, revenue growth workshops and with um, clients all over the country for the last 90 days. 
which has been a blast. And we start by asking, what does your ideal client look like? And I can tell you what everyone says when they describe their ideal client. They trust me. They value my advice. You know, those are, those are the two things. And, and, you know, at the same time, what's funny is a lot of times um, you can tell the people you're talking to are really not buying into the fluff, right? They're, they're, but if you want to get to the stuff, you do have to go through the fluff. And, yeah. and this is the, the and, and, and I, I put this out on, on LinkedIn last night when I was flying home. It's, you know, if you want to get, if you want to get the opportunity to share your value proposition, you have to first earn trust. Because nobody trusts anybody today until they, you know, no one wants to hear your value. They, they think it's all BS, right? <laughs> until they know you, until they trust you. And so it's interesting because sitting in front of, you know, asking, uh, you know, all these different companies, what your ideal client is like, they trust us. And then, you know, at the same time you go, well, what's your sales approach like? <laughs> there's like, there's, there's no alignment there. If, if we realize that we want to get ideal clients, then our sales approach should be to first build, earn, create whatever we want to say, trust and create a, a trusting relationship. Great. Yeah. But what, yeah, but what's interesting about that, uh, what, what you just said, Daryl, and, and I, I'm going to throw it out in, in a different way is in the world that we live in today, how do you even do that when, we're conducting this podcast where we're looking at each other on a screen. So how right. does it really translate out into the real world is I really want salespeople to think about this is how do you earn trust or how do you build credibility with people you haven't met yet? And right. it's what you do, how you say things, how you position yourself, how you drive conversations in a world where everyone hides behind their keyboard. Let's just face it. That's just the reality that we live in. And why am I saying this is because, Rich wouldn't be on this podcast. Now, granted, McGregor's got something to do with it. <laughs> but if McGregor didn't trust us, Daryl, if he didn't think we were credible, mm -hmm. he doesn't bridge that introduction to Rich. Not in a million so, years. right? Not in a million years. So let's just pull McGregor out of the equation. I would submit to everybody out there is how do you earn and build trust in the world that we live in today? I can it's tell not you. Not just face to face. Uh, my take on that, I'm so glad we're talking about this uh, because it, it certainly ties into, you know, Veterans Day was just passed and, and I was talking to you guys offline about service after service. This is service after service for me. Okay, mm -hmm. so, how, so, so Larry's asking right now, how, how do you, you know, put it out there uh, in other ways other than face-to-face -face, and it is by demonstrating your capacity to serve when there's not a transaction that needs to be happening in the form of a podcast, in the form of a book, in the form of me interviewing people who are not clients and helping veterans, for example, transition out of the military. Are you showing that you on a regular basis are, you know, part of your makeup is altruism, value providing, and, you know, a lack of an ego? Because those things are like magnets, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. That is showing your capacity to put other things out in the world before you. And that, to me, is a very, very attractive quality. Yeah, but it, I mean, you yeah. dropped the mic on that. We can hit stop and, and move on. <laughs> on that but, but, it, but it's interesting. And I think what, what 
I'll even take it a step farther is I think it's so hard for salespeople, for sales leaders, anyone in a sales capacity to really grasp that because I, I firmly believe we're just so short-sighted that many in sales are not going to engage, unfortunately, in a, in a conversation with anybody unless it fits into this little tiny sales window so they can get a sale and then move on. And that's why I'm a big believer that you know, in order to have that healthy sales funnel, you have to build up a massive relationship funnel. And that's the thing that Daryl and I preach about all the time is I'm really concerned at the relational skill sets that many in sales have, because unless Rich is going to buy something from me right now, I'm probably not going to talk to Rich. Right. Why would I waste time adding value <laughs> when, <laughs> when I, I've got to go close business? I, I think, um, Rich, I, I absolutely love um, what you shared. And I think the, the heart of service when there's nothing in it for you in the, you know, it's, it's, it's out of a heart of service. Um, I don't think there's any way to demonstrate that more than, than what, you know, the way you served our country with Marines and, you know, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, man, um, that, but that, that exemplifies, the heart of service, right. And saying, I'm going to put my, my life, my time, uh, my, you know, everything on the line, um, in service of, of the country. And, you know, as salespeople, um, you know, we got to have this, this gut check. And when we roll out of bed in the morning and go, is my posture, what can I get today? Or is my posture, what can I give? And, um, you know, flipping that posture, to the give side of things and how can I serve? How can I add value? How can I help people? How can I help my community? Those are the questions that end up that stuff, you know, the, the inevitable byproduct of that is trust and people wanting to figure out how to help you. Right. I, I, I just think you stay top of mind when, mm -hmm. when you do that consistently and, and, and constantly is, is when you're willing to give more than you potentially have to receive. I mean, Larry nailed it. It's yes. And, and I am guilty of this, by the way, as an entrepreneur in the beginning, um, you know, when I was trying to get something going to validate myself, right. absolutely. Uh, trying to have a conversation that I, I, I you know, I, there's no way to deny it that I was hoping from the beginning would lead to some sort of transaction. And quickly, I just realized that's not me. That's a really crappy strategy. And I will, am going to be unbelievably forgettable. Mm. And, and that's not what I desire. That's not what I'm here to be. And that's not why I did what I did, you know? So, so you just have to, be able to compartmentalize your, your own agendas. And like the two of you have uh, articulated, it's, it's, it's just very relationship based. And you know what you need to ask yourself and have the self-awareness to determine what is prohibiting you as just an individual, not a company employee or a part of the sales force. You have to ask yourself, what is prohibiting me from being vulnerable and sharing a story about, I don't know what, you know, um, my son is doing really poorly in high school right now. And, you know, that's kind of trying for me because I feel like I've gone the extra mile for him and helped him with his homework a million times, whatever, whatever the anecdote is. Yeah. What is prohibiting you from being vulnerable in that capacity? And, and that's probably where you're going to find 
the best ways to grow as a salesperson faster. Yeah, but I think that, and and I think in order to really build those relationships, you have to get vulnerable. And the only reason why I know this is that just take your personal relationships is no different, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no different whether you're dating somebody or you're going to ask somebody to marry you or anything like that. In order to really get to know that person, don't you have to roll it up, dig in and get vulnerable? And, and I use this example. I was on somebody's podcast a few days ago and we were playing off this example. And I said, can you imagine if you entered into a relationship, right? And then eventually you got married and three or four years down the road, they go, but time out, right? I didn't realize and then fill in the blanks, right? How come you didn't tell me this or this isn't what I signed up for? Right. Yeah. And, and I'm, not a, I'm not a marriage counselor, but I think, man, if, if you just threw it out there in the very beginning, can you imagine what would happen? Now, how does that translate to what we're speaking about? It's no different. If, if you can effectively just lay it out there, no holds barred and say, hey, you know what? This is me. This is what you get. I'm not hiding a thing. Can you imagine what would happen? And then as you get into this, no one's going to say, well, this isn't what I signed up for. You did this or you said that or, or anything like that. It's just, it, it goes back to Todd Capone said it when he was on our podcast and he, you know, he wrote the book, the transparency sale. He goes, you just got to be freaking radically transparent with people. Yeah. These days. This is such a, this is such a great conversation. I had to go grab a notepad because I've got to start writing some of this down. It's so good. It's just going to be a podcast. I'm going to rewind. Uh, what I was thinking though is Larry, and I think guys that, that when I was trained as a sales rep back in the day, and it, it's been a while back, um, I was taught to be a sales chameleon. And what I mean by that was I was taught how to read personalities and how to adapt myself to those personalities and nothing, nothing wrong with that. I'm actually a personality profile junkie myself. And, you know, and I, I can adjust pace and focus, you know, to, depending on who I'm talking with. However, I think that in, 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 especially in corporate sales that got inside me pushed way too far to where it wasn't just adapting maybe a communication style to, to talk to somebody, but it was actually like adapting who I was to, to, to try to be what I thought the other person expected. Um, and, you know, this is, we talked last week, Rich, about how critical it is that sales reps know themselves and, yep. um, you know, know who they are, know what their values are, no, you know, they, they understand, um, themselves and they bring themselves to the business world, to the business context. And it's not to say, you know, you can't adjust, you know, your pace and your focus, but, but at the same time, if we want any level of trust in a, in a sales situation, we better bring ourselves. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to make a point on that. So yeah. it's, it's really, really interesting. How well do I know myself? Now, someone listening to this podcast right now is going to say, well, I know myself really well. And you could go two directions with that. You could say, this is who I am. I'm always going to be that person. And mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm going to make sure I am and over the top that person. So Larry, trust me. Or you could be the other side of that coin, which is I am self-aware of who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure I don't 
go down these dark alleys and personalities that I don't want to be just to fit, mm. you know, in with what I think this people, these people want. Um, I actually think in this situation, I, I love going all in on your strengths and, and I'm not a huge guy on trying to work on, you know, my weaknesses, so to speak. So right. if I'm, if I don't bench press really well and I enjoy running, then I'm going to run more than I bench press. Okay. No big deal. But when it comes to this, I think, the self-awareness can act as your guardrails. And when you feel yourself deviating, that's when you need to check yourself. Yeah. That's, that's, that's when that pause in the conversation happens. That, that's when you go, I'll be right back. I'm going to go use the restroom or whatever <laughs> it may be. And just check yourself. Don't yeah. like, if you catch yourself going down that alley, I think it's, it's good to just be aware and, and think in that regard rather than going all in on your strengths. Because if you're going all in on your strengths, you may be overcompensating and course correcting is going to be a little bit harder. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but I, I certainly have, have kind of seen that uh, in my time. And, and I think it's really important. Yeah, you know, and you bring up a great point because when it when it goes back to defining who we are, and and I'm just going to use social as as a as a prime example of this, is a lot of people struggle with who they are, and and I did for a long time, and that's why I laid out selling from the heart the way I did was because I was in some really functional sales teams, and I've been in some really dysfunctional sales teams, probably more dysfunctional than functional, mm -hmm. and there was always something that I always noticed from that is nobody at a leadership level management level ever had their sales people work on themselves. Mm. And I think now I see it ever so important is we see somebody and who they are through the eyes of social, right? See these people behind the screen, we may never see them face to face and shake their hand and give them a hug and high five them and all that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are living their lives through social and they're trying to mirror what other people are doing for one simple reason. They're struggling to clearly define themselves and get to know who they are. Mm -hmm. And then they struggle internally with it. So when we say, you know, you got to go out there and serve, right? Right. And serve with your heart. Well, great. I'd like all that, but what's preventing me from doing it? Yeah. I love it. If you get what I'm cooking. Yeah. You know, we'll always put time towards things that we value. I mean, this is, you know, and, and I think maybe the, maybe the answer to this or the, the gut check question is, you know, how much do we value some of this stuff? I mean, do we value it or not? And you're going to put your time and your money towards things that, that you value. So um, if you true, and this is why I think people, look for this because they know, right? If someone is, is out there serving, giving time, money, putting, putting things out there um, without expectation of return, um, not behind a paywall, if you will, yeah. um, you know, if someone's putting stuff out there and adding value to the community, to the business world, to whatever that is, um, then I know I, then I know I can, that's, that's a litmus test, right? Like mm -hmm. you were saying earlier, Rich, I go, that, that's, that might be a person that I could trust. So, you know, the, the reality is you can't fake that stuff. You have to do it. You have to put it, you have to invest the time and, and you've got to invest, you know, the money or whatever that is to be out there contributing to the world. In the case of Rich, you invested 17 years of your life doing that, right? You, you put it out there, but in, in any salesperson's role right now, you know, I mean, the gut level question is, 
how much am I really giving back? You know, mm-hmm. how, how much am I, um, a involved in my community, B sharing ideas, contributing to the conversation, um, to make, you know, my world, my industry, um, my clients better versus yeah. how much time am I just, you know, stressed out about, um, whether, you know, how I'm going to hit my number this quarter. Yeah. And, and I realize in time is of, you know, time is a limited resource. Um, well, guess what? For your clients that you're calling on, the executives, decision makers, time's a limited resource for them as well. That's yeah. why they're looking for people who pass the sniff test, who, who are true servants, because they know when they engage with them, they're going to get the real deal. Yep. Uh, I hope I don't ruin this podcast, but this analogy is too good in my head. <laughs> if, if I am, and, and, and Hey, don't worry, Rich. If, if you do, I'm going to blame it on McGregor anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. I'm just going to edit it out. Please, yeah. Please, please, please do. Now, now the pressure, now the pressure is really on. Yeah, here we go. Okay. The pressure is really on. Cast worthy. That's funny. Okay. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> my, I am in uh, Northern Virginia right now, and I am moving to uh, North Carolina. My, my family, we're moving to North Carolina here soon. Uh, now, if I am providing value on a regular basis, if I am an interactional person, if I am genuinely just, just a, a, a kind person to others, I am not going to have a hard time asking anyone in my immediate vicinity to help me move. <laughs> Will you help me carry this couch? Will you help me do this on this Saturday, by the way? Right. I know you have kids too. Right. Versus if I am some just, I go from A to B, I don't talk to anyone, I go to my car and that's it and all these other things. Yeah. You know how, sh- how you're going to be shaking in your boots if I approach Larry, who I see down the hallway and I never <laughs> say anything to him. Hey man, would you help me move? I have a couple big TVs. I have this weird trampoline thing for my daughter. I have all this kind of heavy equipment and you know, all this, like you, you automatically know that you will have to pitch yourself if you haven't been serving on a regular basis versus if you are, you're going to be able to get that help and you're going to find the relief that you need. So if you are doing that, let's say for, for either of you, if you're like video branding, video branding, I really want to get there. I'm going to stay top of mind for you. If, if I'm constantly putting things out there and I'm trying to put myself in a position of service, same thing. If I'm asking you to move or if, if I'm asking you to, Hey, you know, are you interested in getting some video branding done? The answer is probably going to be yes, more than no. Right. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm listening to what you're just saying. And then I, I have to give a shout out to Marnie Schneider because what I'm about ready to say, I've repeated over and over and over. <laughs> she was on our podcast a long time ago. She dropped this and, you know, Marnie's grandfather was Leonard Toast and, and Leonard used to be the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, back when Dick Vermeil was on the Eagles and all that. Wow. And she had dropped this and, and I want people to, that are listening to this to really listen to this about when it comes to serving and asking mm-hmm. is she said that her grandfather used to always say this, if you want to collect, right, you must invest. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you want to collect on driving more value inside your customer base, if you want to, if you want to build better relationships, if you want to drive more awareness of what you do, then you must invest. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're not willing to invest, how can you ever collect? And that's brilliant. So Marnie Schneider, I love you. And I, I still <laughs> think your grandpa saying that. No, it's, I mean, Larry reminds me of a conversation I had yesterday with a tenured sales professional. And this guy was, we were talking about, uh, he's in an industry where you refresh your accounts every three to five years. And he goes, Daryl, he goes, I, I just got to admit, I feel like I walk into my customer's offices and I have my head hung low. Like I'm embarrassed <laughs> to walk back in and ask for their business because yeah. I hadn't done anything for them in three years. They hadn't heard from me. That was an honest answer, right? Yep. And yep. I, we all laughed, but at the same time, you could also cry and go, okay, you know, let's, let's sit down and have a, a gut check here. I mean, is this who you really want to be? Yep. And imagine what your life would look like were you to actually invest in your clients and develop relationships. Imagine not only could you walk back in three years later with your head high and probably easily get the orders that, that you need to you know, support your family, but you probably get referrals. You'd probably get additional exactly. sales. You know, so, and this is the mindset. Is it a mindset of that client's here? And you, I guess one of the ways to know that you have the taker mindset and as opposed to the mindset of service is you know, are you like that guy I was talking to you? If you're a totally cool guy, but he was like, Daryl, yeah. Are you walking in with your head hung low going, yeah, I feel a little dirty being here, right? Asking for, for your business. Um, and, um, you know, or are you somebody that invests in your clients and your community? Um, and wow. Larry, what a great conversation. I'm so glad you invited Rich. I'm, I'm so glad Rich came on, but, but I, I do, before we wrap up the podcast, I've been, I've been waiting to ask Rich this because I, it's all oh, good. The zinger, Rich. It's, all, it's all good. This one's all good. Bracing myself. You know, oh, you should. Because I think as we're recording, it's just shortly after Veterans Day. Yeah. And, and I want to tie in the, to the service part of this and to serve yeah. and so forth mm. is, Good. You know, you gave of yourself for 17 years. And, I mean, and what you did ties a lot into chapter six of selling from the heart, which I talk about servant sales leadership and so forth. Before we leave, um, I'd just like for you to expand on your experience as a Marine. You had to serve, right? You had to give of yourself and you had to serve. You had to serve our country. You had to serve others and things like that. Can you share with us just what are a couple quick two or three takeaways that you took away from your 17 years as a Marine that allows you to serve in what you're doing now. Can you share a couple? Absolutely. Uh, the first, the first thing that comes to mind is, is, is funny. Uh, a lot of people uh, articulate it the way, way, the way you did and you had to, you had to give up so much. Uh, but uh, you know, I look at it as like, I was, blessed with the opportunity to, to give so much to others uh, in, in so many different capacities, whether it was leadership, whether it was close air support, whether it was uh, just, just education, whether it's transition advice, uh, you know, so I never really felt like I was giving up anything on myself necessarily, you know, volunteering for Christmas duty, because I know there's plenty of other people who wanted to go home. You know, yeah, I'll sit in that, I'll sit in that office, you know, for 24 hours on Christmas day, make sure the barracks are okay. Uh, little things like that. I, I mean, it's, 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 it's small. So, you know, when you, when you just frame it as, as, as a person, if you look inside and say, what are the things that I can give to other people. And once you're clear on that, it becomes just simple. It becomes a way of life. It's like any other habit. Other thing uh, I would say is, is yeah, I, I know it sounds so cliche, 
But, you know, yes, it's about the person to your left and right. It really, really is. Do I want, you know, the Marines around me to flourish? If I am in support of the army on this mission, do I want them to be okay and succeed in their mission, which is not my mission, but they still align in some way? Do I want them to win? So, all the people out there, you know, who are in a sales position, if you could take anything away from a military kind of aspect is, do you want the other people to win or do you just want to feel like you want? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Like, what is it? Uh, do, do you want to feel like, yeah, I closed that sale. And then you go tell your team and you tell everyone and you tell your boss and they're going to congratulate you and be like, yeah, the commission's going to be amazing. Or do you, or do you say to yourself, they are going to be so happy. We're going to crush it for them. What is it? Like, it's one or the other. Mm. And then, and then the last thing I would say is that, you know, staying power is real. And, and what I mean by that is when you are in a position to serve others, as, as, as we all know how it is these days where, where a lot of people, especially millennials, you know, kind of job jump, so to speak, and they go from here to here, whatever, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, you know, the, the lack of attention, the boredom, and it's not necessarily the leadership either. Uh, a lot of this is when you are in a position where you are in incredibly confident that you are serving others, I believe that longevity is a natural byproduct of that. Hmm. You know, I was supposed to do four years and guess when I went in guys, 1998, something happened three years later. And I'm like, well, how can I leave now? Hmm. Why, why would I leave now? And that turned into 17 years. And I only took early retirement to stay in sunny California so I could be like Larry and wear shorts all the time. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but I'm telling you, mm. it's, it's, they're not unicorn companies necessarily out there. Now, look, like I, I'm not knocking anyone who, who has different preferences. Everyone has preferences that change. But I do believe very emphatically that if you feel like you are in a position to serve, if the service is good or your product is good, or you have good relationships with these people, then that kind of restlessness is not going to rear its ugly head prematurely. I think you will stay put where you are and continue to serve and you will grow and you will climb whatever ladder you want to climb and you will be as successful as you want to be because it's not about you. Period. Boom. Wow. What a great conversation. And Rich, it's such a pleasure to share time with you. And I'm so glad um, that the Selling from the Heart community has is, is gotten to know you today. And um, man, Larry, what, what do we do with this? This is, <laughs> this is like, uh, I feel like I need to, I need to feel like I need to go for a walk right now and sit down and comp- contemplate some of this. So I think that's what I want to challenge um, everybody to do. Rich, thank you. Um, thank you so much for sharing your time. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your service. All of it's true inspiration. Thank you both. I'm, I'm, I'm wildly happy to, to be aligned with people like you. I'm glad there's someone out there, uh, trying to lead the revolution against empty suits. I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. It's, it's, it's very, very, very important for me as someone who served to know that there's people out there that exist that I can, uh, look up to that I could collaborate with that are like-minded that, that I know I could gain a really serious knowledge from whether it's EQ or IQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know I have it here and, and I'm very proud to be a guest on your show. Awesome. So good. Well, Larry, any final words as we wrap this thing up? Uh, <laughs> this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yes. 
And I was just thinking about this and, and I don't know, I mean, empty suit thing, Rich, you teed me up on this one, but in, you know, can you imagine an empty Marine suit? They would, (sighs) they would get discharged really quick. I know they would. And you've seen it happen. So on that note, I would just say, guys, please, and and gals, just don't be empty suits because we have a, we have a veteran that's, that's given of his time. And, and I know what happens in the military when you're an empty suit, they politely ask you to leave. Right. So that being said, just please don't be empty suits, fill it out with sincerity and substance and bring your heart to your job and your clients. Yeah, that's so good. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this week till next week. Keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep delivering real value find ways to serve, have a, have a heart to give, and most of all, sell from the heart.